Hey, I'm Sean Canungo. This is another episode of Dangerous Ideas. We break down concepts and frameworks that will change your life. Hey, everybody, another episode of Dangerous Ideas. Happy New Year to you. If you are new to this pod, in this pod, Dangerous Ideas, what we do is we break down concepts and frameworks that will change your life. Change your business, change your career, but most importantly, change your life. My name is Sean Canungo, and I am so excited to be here in the new year. This is our first episode in the new year, and I'm really excited to bring back Neve to the pod. Neve, thanks hello. for having me. Our producer of this pod, back on the pod, um, second time running, and um, I thought it'd be really cool if we just chatted about our experience. We just went to San Diego. Um, I will. We will drop some dangerous ideas obviously throughout the pod but you know in this particular piece uh talking about san diego but we just had this like experience where we went down to san diego uh for this pcma conference it's for event organizers and leaders um across the world five thousand people um a really prestigious spot because i was keynoting right after hillary and bill clinton and I have some key takeaways that I have from the Clintons. I have some dangerous ideas uh, from my time with the Clintons. But, Neve, I want to come to you and say, hey, look, like, just overall, going to San Diego, seeing the Clintons. We also saw Boys to Men. Yeah. Like, what, what, what was the vibe? How did you like it? How did you like the experience? Um, it was really fun. I really liked, that was my first time going to San Diego. Yeah. So it was really cool to just, like, walk around, see what's going on over there. Um. First time also being in the same room as the president, so yes. um, that was cool too. It was. It, I didn't think that their talk would be super interesting to me, just because I'm not like really well versed in U.S. politics or anything. But it actually was very interesting. And then the Boys to Men concert was really fun too. Well, tell, tell me what was uh, what was interesting about the Clintons. Um. They just seemed so normal. Yeah. Like way more normal than I thought yeah. they would. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry, I'm just looking for my, my little thing. Uh, yeah, no, no, definitely. I think uh, they were definitely normal, Hillary and Bill. Uh, it was, and I'll just get to the dangerous idea already, which is speak with simplicity. The greatest insight that I got watching Bill and Hillary Clinton, like two of the most iconic people on the planet, is that they didn't overcomplicate. Mm -hmm. They spoke very simply to the audience. And I think that's just how they carry themselves in their real life and how they interact with everyone. Um, people understand them. And at the end of the presentation, Holly Ransom, who was the moderator, asked Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, uh, what is like the one takeaway, you know, for this audience going into 2024? And his one thing was clarity. Be very clear around what you want, very clear around your explanations and how you explain problems. And it was incredible because it's like, that's basically my main insight, like watching them is that they were very clear around their solutions and how they thought. And, you know, for me, it's like I listen to many thought leaders, elites, people that are, whether they're on YouTube or podcasts or just in the culture, and some people speak with such 
intense vocabulary mm-hmm. that it just loses people. And I'm one of the, I'm a simpleton and I just want things clear. And I think that's the reason why they have resonated on a grander level is because of that simplicity. Yeah, I think without like making it clear, it also leaves more room for people to misinterpret what you might mean in either way. Um, and I, I would agree. I think also based on how they spoke about their family and things, it seems like they're very like down to earth and aren't trying to make things more than they are. Yeah, actually. exactly. So um, that was the dangerous idea. I think the the other takeaways from my uh, observation of Bill and Clinton and, and Hillary Clinton, I'll, we'll get to some of the fun stuff too, is number one, um, Bill had this book on stage and I'm so choked that they, he didn't have the bold ones on stage, but he had a book called How Minds Change. Mm-hmm. He was just like hawking this book. Yeah. Like 5,000 people, <laughs> he was hawking this book on How Minds Change. And, and I found that very cool that the president was interested in this idea of how do we get more people to change their mindset, their perspective, which is what we're trying to do on this pod. Um, so really cool. Second insight was, and maybe it was the theme of the, 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 their talk was like, how do you disagree with one another? It's like, how do you have a conversation with somebody without like, you know, inputting your, your, your like, I don't know, just like, how do you disagree with somebody? Yeah. How do you have a conversation with somebody? That was my second insight. Number three, uh, I just have to talk about the secret service there. Like <laughs> it was wild. I don't know if you were taking a look at this, but like, I was like looking around the room to see wh- how many Secret Service there were. Yeah. I think I counted like at least 10. Oh, at least 10. There was probably at least like 20 more backstage too. Yeah. Like it was wild how many people, like even on stage, mm-hmm. there's one guy sort of right behind. There was probably another guy on the other side. Obviously yeah. Obviously on one side. And there's there two people in the front. It was crazy. And the reason why it's crazy to me is because... You remember when we were traveling with Stephen Harper, you were in the back in Vancouver and Harper was just like there. There was like no security with him. There was one chief of staff. And then I remember when I was taking a flight from uh, Calgary to Vancouver, the guy was sitting right behind me. Yeah. And he was in this Calgary lounge, like the Air Canada lounge. He was waiting for his bag, like every other pleb like me. And he was just, there was no security around Harper. Yeah. Yet with the Clintons, and mind you that Stephen Harper was the prime minister, was just the prime minister, and President Bill Clinton was the president ages ago, like 20 years ago, 25 years ago, and he still had that much security on him. Mm-hmm. It was just wild. Yeah, I feel like I remember you being able, I think you talked to Stephen oh, yeah, yeah. Harper before we, he went we on stage. Re- we actually recorded something. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of wild too. Like, what if I had something on me? Yeah. I mean, there was more security around like Trevor Noah than there was around Stephen Harper. Oh, 100%. 100%. What was the difference? Did you, okay, now that you've, you, you've, you, obviously when you came down to um, Colorado when we did Trevor Noah last year and now the Clintons, what, what's your perspective of how they treat their celebrities and how they treat non-celebrities? Um, it's it's interesting for sure. Like I understand why they need that security, especially like in the States, things are different there. But um, it was interesting to see like the security guards led us in the back this time. 
even though they weren't really supposed to. You just had to say you were a speaker. Uh, well, they let you in. I mean, you, yeah, you didn't I have a good credential. To be honest. You just showed up to the back. Yeah. So, like, if you... If the Clintons weren't there and it was just you back there and someone wanted to come say hi, they probably really easily could have. Um, so, I don't know. Just... And, and, and to be fair, like, we could have chatted with Trevor Noah, but that was, like, a weird situation because mm-hmm. they were angry with us and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah. that's another conversation. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's funny that even though I'm the headliner, this has happened on both occasions, that even though I'm the headliner, when there is a massive celebrity, I immediately become the pleb. Now, don't get me wrong. They treated me really well. But I'm just saying, like, they, they were, like... It's almost it's like different. you're like part of the crew and then yeah. they're like on another level. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but you know, for me, I think it was really cool just to have that experience to me that that was like the biggest stage in terms of levity that I've been on, obviously, because, you know, you're fl- following the Clintons on the main stage and also just the people in the room, like everybody in the room is like an event organizer and leader. So like I felt the pressure mm-hmm. really, even though I, it was a short presentation, I, I certainly felt the pressure and the, the, uh, the one insight that people kept on coming back with was obviously a great presentation, but the, 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 the slides, they were like the imagery, the slides, like the, you know, what was going on in the background and like, it's happened multiple times where like people like want they want to hire you afterwards. They're like, "Okay, hi, is, are you like available yeah. for this?" And what do you think it is that like just mesmerizes people with the slides? I think it's the fact that they're video slides. Like, there's always yeah. movement, whether it's the thing in the background or the text, um, because I f- like. I feel like everyone is so used to seeing the same like standard PowerPoint decks from everyone else. Um, and no one's complaining about it. Yeah. So they have, no one else has taken the steps to put in the effort to make them cooler. Um, but then once someone does, it just, it's like, they can't believe it's PowerPoint. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, what we've done with all our big keynotes with those huge stages, like, just the taking the time to customize it, to make it look incredible, to just maximize the real estate. Um, it makes a world of a difference. It yeah. makes a world of a difference. And you could see the, the these people are literally like event organizers and leaders. And they're like asking questions like, okay, how did you do that? How much time did it spend? How much was the investment, et cetera? And it just, it just makes such a difference. And I don't know why people don't do it. It's crazy. Yeah, like it's it's obviously extra work, but it's it's so worth it in the end. Totally. So last thing uh, from our San San Diego trip was uh, we went to go see Boyce the Men. They were part of the conference uh, evening event. We went now. Boyce the Men is a little bit past my generation. I mean, God, I mean, it's way past (laughs) your generation. But did you did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, it was good. I only knew two songs, but still really good time they sounded really good hey they sounded incredible i thought i thought they would be boring too but i texted deepa um and told her that you know i saw boys to men she was like i love boys to men i'm like that's not even your era my mom said the same thing your mom was into it yeah i feel like i wonder if your mom is more in that era i think so yeah i think it's like more if i was like 47 i feel like that's like the era that's like boys to men like peak era and uh 
Yeah. But anyways, it was it was wild to see, wild to be on the card, super grateful. And just like, yeah, it was uh definitely just to be on that bill was uh was pretty crazy. I think the other thing that I learned throughout this experience was that um at the end of the day, when it comes to this idea of perception, it it certainly I don't know, it's just like I don't know if you feel this way, like where let's say something big happens in your life and then the halo around you gets a little hotter. I think we talked about with this with Adam, like when Bitcoin is high, mm-hmm. people around you start to be a little friendlier to you. Yeah. They start asking, hey, are you available for coffee? Are you, are you free? Can we have a chat? Can you come on my podcast? And I definitely felt after this whole like Clinton experience that like you can see people come out of the woodwork and they want to like connect. They want to come on a pod. They want to go for coffee. Um, it happens all the time. Yeah, it's like it's kind of similar to like clout chasing. Like, yeah, it, I, and I I feel like people are not even doing it for clout, like because they're they may not be even flexing it. Mm-hmm. It's just like a I don't know what it is. Just uh, it's like it makes it gives something more interesting to you that they're like oh, that's like they the can thing. get something from me or something. Yeah, or like just even to know you after like being on that they're like oh i know someone who did this and it's but let me remind everybody that i'm just a pleb (laughs) so if you're trying to get uh you know in touch with me or get in contact with me or have a coffee with me um you're not going to get any value okay you can watch this pod that's where you're going to get the most value so uh let me move on to the second topic the second the, the, the the most dangerous idea um, which is something that we haven't really talked about on this pod, which is the power of gossip, the power of gossip. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because over the last couple of weeks, I found it very interesting that in the, uh, th- there's this interview that came out last week with th- this former comedian, not former, he's, he's big time comedian, Cat Williams. He was just, he's not as relevant as he is now, but Cat Williams and Shannon Sharp, who's another like sports analyst. I don't think you saw this. But anyways, it is actually Cat Williams just dissing a whole bunch of comedians. Steve Harvey, D.L. Hughley, or not D.L. Hughley, Cedric the Entertainer, Kevin Hart. He's just like going off. It is now, at this moment, it is the second most watched interview in digital media history. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think number one, I think Joe Rogan still has an interview. It will surpass. It will be the most watched YouTube video of all time, okay? Yeah. Oh, in terms of an interview. And you've never heard of this guy. You've never heard of Shannon Sharp because you're not into it. This is perfect. So the reason why this video got so many clicks is because this comedian was gossiping about his counterparts the people that were in his circle and i found that so fascinating that that is what drove the clicks similarly shannon sharp is friends with uh is on a show with this other guy Stephen a smith they're on the Stephen a smith is one of the biggest sports broadcast you know who's i know who oh, okay, a. okay so I, I, I don't know who the I'm other two are. <laughs> i'm just checking i'm just checking so Stephen a smith was on uh, he just he has a feud with another broadcaster that you don't know that nobody knows. His <laughs> name is Jason Whitlock, 
and they've been having a few. They're peers, and they've been going back and forth. Shannon, uh, Stephen A. Smith probably saw what Shannon was doing in terms of views with his Cat Williams interview. So he came on a couple days ago and went off against Jason Whitlock. And that has like views too. Again, gossiping about a counterpart. And I was doing some research about gossip and seeing the impact of gossip. So gossip can actually be a source of good in a way. Not I'm not, I'm, I'm just talking about clicks. Okay. Mm-hmm. It obviously gets the clicks. That w- that's what gets the views, right? Um, but it can actually deepen your friendship with somebody else. Uh, if you, it, it, because you're sharing a secret that no one else knows, it can actually create a stronger bond with somebody else if you're yeah. sharing gossip. I don't know if you've found this in your life. Um, you gossiping about other people <laughs> have strengthened your relationship. I would say, yeah, probably. I feel like... Especially in like female relationships, a lot yeah. like not and, always like negative gossip, but like just being like, oh, this person's doing this. I just it brings out it's just another thing to talk about. Yeah. Well, in this study, I, I saw that women gossip 67 percent of the time, 67 percent versus men, 55 percent. And then the majority of not the vast majority, but I think like 60 to 70 percent of gossip is actually negative. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's 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 not good, and it does strengthen a relationship. So, a gossip is the the power of gossip is that it can it can drive clicks and views. You can see like the most watched YouTube podcast interview of all time because of gossip with two people that n- n- the broader world has no idea of. And the other thing is it can strengthen relationships. Now we all know the downside of gossip. It's not good to gossip. Yeah, you know, it's not good to talk shit to other people you know but we all do it we all do it and that is the power of it and how as human beings we are so hardwired to love listening to gossip and it's just like innate and it just goes back to you know i don't know it just goes back to who we are as human beings we're 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 hardwired for status so gossip is a, a way of sort of knocking down somebody in their status. I also was reading some studies where it talks about, the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because um, as many people know, they've been following this pod, is that I, I think my second book is going to be on this idea of status and how status drives innovation. So gossip is a important piece of it because gossip has to do with status at the end of the day. But um, it's just fascinating to see that men... Like we we love gossip. Men love gossip. Yeah, it's like that's why that's what that's what we're talking about in our group chats. We we talk about like the sh- the, the 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 bullshit. We talk about like we talk about sports players and their wives. We talk about uh you know this feud between Stephen A. Smith and Jason Whitlock or this feud between Cat Williams. It drives so many clicks, even in the in the WhatsApp. Yeah, and one of the pieces of research that I love reading is that um, we tend to gossip more about the individuals that are in our sort of realm. So, in so that means like you would gossip with people that are of your age, female of your friend group. That's where you see most of the gossip, and that's what people and yeah, we like to hear gossip of people that are closer to us, which makes sense, right? We yeah. gossip of people that are. Our friends, basically, at the end of the day. Yeah, you have like personal stock in the story, almost. Yeah, and my and and 
I I feel like growing up, my mom, I just maybe it's just brown culture aunties. They love gossip. That's they just get on the phone and they just talk shit. That's all they do. They just <laughs> talk shit about each other, right? Or they talk shit about their friends. Yeah. And it definitely drove their relationships. Um, but obviously it can, it can be bad too, right? It can, mm-hmm. it can destroy relationships. And I've seen people, you know, backstab each other or people talk like, like most of the time, most discussion, most, the, most of the reason why people are not friends with each other is because maybe somebody talks shit about somebody else. Yeah. I would say that's like a very big reason why people stop being friends. Um, it's interesting. Now you are somebody that is very like, you know, you're very to the book. So. But I I, 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 I I would assume that, you know, this has happened in your life. Yeah, I've definitely, like, had friends and lost friends over gossiping and um, whether it be on, like, either side. But yeah. I, it, it's what funny the because... What like, Now, because we're in the area, era of the screenshot, what's, you, you, you take an iMessage, a screenshot of iMessage or, like, a... It's funny because, like, I've never... If someone texts me something, I'll like, I just get in this zone where I'm like, I'm going to reply right away and I won't send it to my friends yeah. before, but then after I'll send it to them and then I'm rereading what I said and I'm like, right. maybe I shouldn't have said that. Right. Um, but then my sister will like always send me screen recordings of full oh, conversations wow. and uh, it, it almost gives you like an adrenaline rush. Like it feels like you're in it. Even though you're not. When you see the screen recording? Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, this is my drama now. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why. Even though, like, I don't even know half her friends. Wow. It's just. So you, you just said that your sister will send you the screen recordings of her conversations with her friends. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if you should be putting that on. <laughs> no, I do that all the time, by the way. I, I do take screenshots of my conversations with some people. And, uh, you know, I do have a group chat where we... Uh, it's not, it's not gossip. It's more like culture stuff, I would say, mostly. It's like, and then I do like throw it in. I'll be yeah. like, oh, like, look at this. Like, what does this mean? You know? Yeah. And uh, it has happened. I would say, uh, like. It just gets crazy. It, you should assume that, I don't know if, if this is good, but you should assume that if you write something. Yeah. It'll come It back. probably gets screenshotted. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I think that's a good assumption, especially nowadays. Maybe it's not a good assumption. I, I think with your close friends, yeah, you should probably trust that they're keeping that in. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing is before I feel like I would gossip more with like, not anyone, but just like more like acquaintance friends than like best friends. And now I like keep it to like basically only two people. Right. And I'm like, I know it's not going to get anywhere and right. it's not going to cause me any like grief. But right. yeah. You know, recently I was listening to a episode of Alex Earl. Alex Earl, if you don't know, is a probably one of the biggest TikTokers on the planet. She's got a podcast called Hot Mess. And she was talking about, I don't know why I'm listening to these podcasts. <laughs> I'm just interested in people that are like shaping culture. Yeah. I feel like she's definitely one of them. But talking about like breaking up with friends and how it's like worse than actually breaking up with your significant other. Mm-hmm. And I think this is part of the part of the, you got to listen to this episode, by the way, hot mess. Um, I just thought that was interesting that like it, it, it cuts deep. I don't know why. Like it just, when you hear other people talk shit about you, especially if it's your friends and you know, Alex Earl mentions this, it, it does hurt deep. It does. Yeah. I feel like with a, 
like an ex-partner, it's easier to just be like, oh, like obviously we broke up, like you're going to end up talking about each other. But with friends, it's so much more personal because it's like, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were so close for so long totally. and it's not like, I don't know. It's just totally. such a different feeling. So uh, I, I guess a dangerous idea here is that um, you can use gossip for good. You can use gossip to strengthen a relationship, but of course you can also lose a friend. And you don't want to be known as somebody that gossips a lot because it's uncouth to do so. Yeah. So pick your battle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, d- d- gossip wisely, that I would say. But when it comes to views, oh my God, when it comes to views, you should definitely gossip. Yeah, I kind of want to watch that interview now that, that oh I don't even know you, anyone it, in it. It's incredible. Like the first 35 minutes of this thing, Shadon Sharp says absolutely nothing and Kat Cat Williams just goes on a rampage for 35 minutes talking about how Kevin Hart is an industry plan, how state, how he like uh, Cedric the Entertainer is still a joke. It's in, it's absolutely incredible to watch. And um, I think it's like, it's such an easy thing to get clicks for. And I, I wonder if, how do we use it? I'm just thinking, how do we use it for this pod? How do we, how do we use gossip for our pod? How do we drive clicks since it's such a dangerous idea? Um, I think it's just like talking about hot topics, but yeah, having an like a strong opinion on them, maybe. Yeah. Um, I've recently got. We should just do a, if we did a gossip pod just about Edmonton <laughs> and just like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that I wouldn't would. want to do that. I'm just saying, hey, if anybody wants an idea of yeah. how we drive clicks, yeah, th- this is a pod. It would immediately get millions of views. Okay, mm-hmm. that's why. Unfortunately, that that you know that there was, used to be that website, the Dirty. Oh yeah, which yeah. is kind of like goss. It's got it's an online gossip site. Yeah, basically, they basically put a picture up, and mm-hmm. then which is this is the worst. This is like the worst part of the internet, where they put a picture up of somebody, and then somebody just rants on them of how they're such a scumbag. Yeah. Or, or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. They like the dirty kind of fell off when I was growing up, but then it turned into like Ask FM and all these other things. And it, is that is the dirty not there anymore? I don't know. Um, I, I'm sure you could still find the website, but they don't run it anymore. Right. Yeah. And it, it and it I think they they used it as like a I, I can't say this for sure, but like a like a it's almost like blackmail. Yeah. So like you could pay them and they would take it off or something like that. Um, Probably. I don't know. I, I, I can't confirm that, but um, there was a situation where I did see somebody get on the dirty. I don't know if they're still on it, but I know a few people have been on it. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. OK. All right. Let's let's um, let's get on to the next um, idea. And it actually kind of relates to this idea of some of these um, podcasters and folks. This is something that we've been talking about on this pod, probably every episode, which is the power of the individual, the, the idea that today one person with a mic has so much power and a couple things have i i think recently that have happened which are kind of interesting so there's a guy named pat mcavee he's a sports broadcaster that espn basically bought his show for like 80 million dollars and he had aaron Rodgers on who's who's the quarterback of the jets Aaron Rodgers said something about Jimmy Kimmel, again, like gossip, that he was going to be on the Epstein list. And then Kimmel got mad and pretended to sue, or not pretended, but said he would sue. uh, And then, again, gossip. 
but what's interesting about this is that ESPN actually came down on Pat McAvee and said, listen, you can't have Aaron Rodgers on the show anymore. And so Pat McAvee came on the show and said that he basically would um, not have Aaron Rodgers on. But then the next day, he had Aaron Rodgers back. And what's interesting to me is that ESPN basically got this deal with Pat McAvee, but they can't control him. He has too much power because they got Pat, Mc, Pat McAvee, who already had a YouTube show. He already has the power of the people. And it's like he, he can dictate the terms at ESPN. And that is just the power of the individual of how they can't control him. Same thing with Stephen A. Smith. Yes, Stephen A. Smith is an employee of ESPN. But what's remarkable to me is that Stephen A. Smith can go on a, his own podcast and talk shit about Jason Whitlock and you know have profanity. Like ESPN is a Disney-run organization. Yeah. And then he can do that on his own platform. It's 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 like both things to me are crazy. You have one hand somebody ESPN buying an entity from YouTube and putting that into their system, while you have somebody that's part of the system, like Stephen A. Smith, going off and creating his own show, and they can't control him either. You know what I mean? So both ways they can't control him because they have the power of the people. And I think what we're starting to see. And this is just another example of it. Let me just continue to, to bring up examples that the powers that the, the, the individual has the power, that individuals will have more power than institutions because the power is like that the people follow people. Yeah. Right? They're not just following the institution. And it's this, this trend is just continuing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's becoming more and more apparent that regardless of who you're signed with like your fans are always going to follow you yeah um i've i've seen a lot of like youtubers or just creators have like management and then something goes wrong and they're completely fine after because even if their management dropped them they still have all their followers totally or most of yeah so at the end of the day i think you know if we go back to the dangerous idea is that you know, developing your own niche, developing your own following is so powerful. And even, even like Stephen A. Smith, who's an employee, a longtime employee, and this is, I think, some advice that anybody working for somebody else could take is that no matter how long you've been working for somebody else, creating your own thing, creating your own IP, creating your own following, creating your own asset, creating your own skills outside of that organization is probably the best job security because no one can take that away from him. Yeah. Uh, right? And so I think, you know, it's it's like you should always just bet on yourself, bet on your brand, build that up because you can see even ESPN, they can't, they can't dictate the terms for Pat McAfee or Stephen A. Smith. Mm -hmm. Like what Stephen A. Smith said about Jason Whitlock, I mean, it doesn't even matter, but the fact that he did it and the fact that he's an employee and he was swearing and just like, it was very, it was not, it was, it was actually kind of gross to see. Um, they can't do anything because he's like one of the biggest properties in ESPN. Yeah. And you, you like, it's just, that's just the trend. So you might as well get on it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like the whole thing that happened with Don Cherry or whatever. Yeah. Um, he got fired 
but I would say majority of like what I saw was people mad that he got fired and he 100%. still has all his followers. He still has all that. But, but what is he? He doesn't do anything with it yeah, now. He could do something but he could with so it. So easily he could, do something. Yeah, definitely. I just feel like he was ready to like. Yeah, exactly. Retire, so. Yeah, th that is a great example. That's a fantastic example of using Don Cherry because obviously he's like, I don't know, he's like 90 years old, right? So, but if he started a pod, like it would be a huge pod because he's he's actually built for this era. Yeah. He's, un he's, he's, he's off the cuff. He's like opinionated. He's basically Pat McAfee. Mm -hmm. So in this era, he would start a pod. In this era, or he would have started a pod or some his own platform and still been been on CBC. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great. But the, I think this applies to anybody. Like if you are, um, you know, if you're in marketing, like how can you create like a a PowerPoint deck with like ten top ten marketing trends on marketing and put that on LinkedIn, right? If you're in real estate, uh, real estate usually real estate agents are their own sort of entrepreneur. But let's talk about Mason. Uh, Mason, <laughs> Mason's your, 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 your partner. He, he, great guy, very tall. <laughs> uh, no, but he's, we just actually chatted about this, right? Because he, he, uh, like he could, he's, he's in finance, he's in the world of financial services. Yeah. He could, he could absolutely create his own brand when it comes to financial services and, uh, continue that. Um, yeah, I think there are like a few more hoops he would have to jump through just cause everything needs to be approved that he does. Right. Um, and most of the time they won't approve creative projects like that, but I think he could probably find a way around it. But I think also, let's say, let's say the organization that he works for doesn't allow him to, to take these creative content plays, right? Mm -hmm. He could start an event or he could bring like people together of like high net individuals and they could go like on a yacht or something like that. Like that's another way of like building influence that doesn't have to do with digital. Yeah. Like I don't think it just has to be digital. Mm -hmm. You can have a tech, a group chat, like high net in individuals or, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. it, no matter what you're doing, it's like that, that community that you're building, mm -hmm. even if it's on, offline, like that is power. Yeah. Right? Cause that's social capital in, you know, in, in that's actually probably the best capital that you can build. Yeah, definitely. Like even like starting like a coffee club or something like that. Totally. Just networking like through yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you went from probably. yacht to coffee. Yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like. <laughs> hey, hey, Mason. Yeah, coffee club. Sean said yacht club. You said coffee club. Um, no, it's such a it's such an important thing. And that trend is just going to continue. Um, and we talk about a million examples on here. I mean, every time we have this conversation, we talk about, um, you know, we talk about what Logan Paul and KSI did with Prime. We talk about Kim and what she did with Skims. We talk about Mr. Beast and then Feastables. We talk about um, uh, we talk about Taylor Swift and how she's been running like the Eras tour and and like going direct to um, cinema. Like she didn't go through like a middleman to do that. Beyonce uh, did the same thing. Uh, it, it goes back to the idea that that the individual has the power. It's the reason why I wrote the book, The Bold Ones. It's the reason why I left the firm is because I saw that power shift happening, and it's just it's just uh, it's just going to continue. It's funny because like I had this tweet that I wrote four years ago or five years ago, and I and I say, hey, I'm going to retweet this every year so people get see it is that the power is in the with the individual. And I just keep retweeting examples of it. This is another example. So on this point though, um, 
want to bring up the, an idea of we've we've talked about it before, but it's really the the idea that the superstar is dead. The superstar is dead. The idea that I believe that like Taylor Swift, the Drake, uh, you know Ryan Reynolds. This is, these are the last superstars that we're going to see. There are going to be some people that cross the chasm that people know, maybe. But for the most part, these, this is it. Mm-hmm. Because everything has been completely fragmented. Uh, music is completely fragmented. Uh, the entire entertainment world, sports world, everything is fragmented. Everything is niche. And so what does that mean? I think it's, it's, it's even... Oh, it's even more important to create your own brand because you're never going to reach like the, you're not going to be the biggest star on the planet anymore. It's not possible. Yeah. Um, and you have to build small. Like I'm going to give you an example. Um, can you name somebody? <laughs> can you name an individual? Let's let's start with music that could reach a Drake Taylor Swift like Beyonce level. Um, of global influence. I'll I'll give you a roster right now. Okay, you can pick anybody: SZA, Dua Lipa, Billie Eilish, Jack Harlow, uh, Bad Bunny, Morgan Wallen. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, Burna Boy. These are people that have come out in the last five years. Yeah. Uh, or, or like maybe five to seven years. I feel like out of that list, Billie Eilish might have the most potential just because her, Wrong her answer, like, but okay, why? <laughs> I feel like her projects are used in so many like different ways. Like she's done a Kleenex commercial. She's done all these other things with songs. Um, whereas I don't see anyone else really putting their music into the commercial space as well as like just putting it out. I felt like Billie Eilish kind of peaked during after covid or during yeah, covid I, that's what i'm and now too. I feel I'm like, like i don't and if she doesn't put something new out i don't think she's just gonna kind of fall a little bit off so you okay so billy eilish could reach taylor swift level Maybe. beyonce drake jay-z i i don't think anyone really could that's what i mean i think the closest would be bad bunny because bad bunny is global latin music is unbelievable Mm -hmm. and just he could hit both english and latin you can see all the collaborations that bad bunny has with like existing artists you know whether it's drake or or other folks yeah like to me that's the the closest i feel like or jungkook or maybe like a, a dj like like i don't know who does a lot of collabs now like diplo he does a collab with almost everyone yeah but okay, i still Dip, don't think he's Dip, the main name yeah diplo is like post 10 years too though. yeah uh, yeah that's true too right. yeah he's post 10 years yeah diplo he's been around for a long time Dip- so that's what i mean it's like you know i gave you the roster of people um i don't think i missed anybody says i do a leap uh yeah like po- like like i'm saying pre like in the last five years like i i think like ariana grande yeah people are like way past 10 years yeah like i think about when i was a kid if i like heard something on the radio most of the time i i knew who it was by just because it was always the same things but now i turn on the radio i'm like 
everyone kind of sounds a little bit the same and also yeah. I have no idea what's happening. Same with movies. I'm like, I don't know actors or actresses at all anymore. Totally. So let's go to actress and actresses, which is actually harder, I think. Yeah. I think Name any. I think the most five years. recent one that I've seen a lot of is Jacob Elordi, just because he did. See, I have no idea. A who, lot of. Who's that? At? Um, who's that? Have you heard of the movie Saltburn? Yeah. He's in that, but he's not like the guy with the glasses. He's like the tall guy. He's also in Euphoria. Okay, he was okay, just okay, in okay. Priscilla. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, no, played Elvis. Know. So I feel like he might be on like that kind of trajectory, but maybe not because you had no idea who no, he was. I, I, I've never heard of him. Yeah. I think Joe Coy made a joke about him at the... Probably. At the thing. At the... Um, I feel like... Yeah, like I don't think Golden anyone's... Globes. No, you, it's it's hard. You can't, you can't pick one. Yeah. Um. Like the only one in the last five years I would say is Timothy Chalamet. And I think he is a little bit past five years. Yeah. But it's also Timothy hard for Chalamet, actors. Like, I, does your mom who know who Timothy Chalamet is? Probably not. Yeah. My mom would definitely not know. Yeah. I think it's hard for actors too. It's because most of them do start really young, but they don't get popular until a random project. Um, what? What do you mean? Like, I, like I'm pretty sure Timothy Chalamet was a child actor first. Oh, was he? Yeah, but he. But didn't. that's not like most people. I'm just saying, like, if you look at the the uh, the stars of like A list stars, mm-hmm. George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Will Smith, like these are people that started in their 20s. Tom Hanks, Tom yeah. Cruise, they started like basically in their 20s. And they just like, they just, that they had that project and it went, yeah, it went, it went crazy. And, 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 and partly is because we live in a media, in a fragmented media landscape. Yeah. So that it's so hard to, even if you had a breakthrough movie, like, I don't think every, anybody would see it because we're so like, we're in our own TikTok channels. We're in our YouTube channels. Like, yeah, there's you know, just too much look at Mr. Beast, on. like Mr. Beast is the most popular He's literally the most popular person on the most popular platform on the planet, yet no one knows who the hell he is. Mm-hmm. That, to, to me, is, like, where the world is going. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I, like, was talking to some of my little cousins over Christmas, and yeah. they were showing me, like, their, like, TikTok feeds and things like this. I was like, I have no idea what you're watching, what you're talking about, any of, like, the jokey memes that they were saying. I was like... I have no idea what you're right. talking about. And I'm not that much older than you. Right. So, That's crazy. Yeah. It's just. So it's like age. It's not only like your age demographic, but it's also just like, yeah, what, you just know, what, whatever's what, showing up on what's ever showing up yeah. in your, in your feed. Right. And <laughs> it's, um, okay. So you have to pick one though, who you're picking Billie Eilish as your, as your star that could reach Taylor Swift, Beyonce no, level. I think I, I think it might be. Tate McRae. Whoa! Even though I don't listen to her, even though I I just have. Are you serious right now? Yeah, I've seen so many people saying she's like the next Britney Spears. You're saying a 20 year old girl from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, is the next one. I think so. Are you doing this for clicks? No, I swear because she actually she's like a triple threat. Like she can dance, she can sing, she knows how to like market herself because she's been doing it herself forever. Wow! And I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up becoming an actress at some point too wow i just think holy moly you, tate mccray <laughs> hot take well let me tell you hot tate 
I love Tate McRae. Mm-hmm. Tate McRae, her music is awesome. My kids love Tate McRae. Well, they just like exes. That's they've just been jamming exes for the last um, like week. They're like mm-hmm. Tate McRae, Alexa, play Tate McRae. Alexa, t- play Tate McRae. They love Tate McRae. They love her vibe. They love that she's a dancer. Like she's got that thing. Like she's cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think she also just appeals to, like, a pretty big audience. Like, she appeals to younger, but also, like, my age and probably people, like, older, too. Like, You're out of everyone that I listed. <laughs> I just want to go back to it. I think I, so. Jack, Jack Harlow, Dua Lipa, SZA, Bad Bunny, Burna Boy, uh, Billie Eilish, uh, it's also, Lil Nas X. Like, like Tate McRae makes pop music. The rest of them, like some of them are different. Like Morgan Wallen, country, there's obviously a big audience, but a lot of people also hate country. Yeah. Or, um, I guess Dua Lipa makes pop music too. But I don't know. I just think there's something about her. Wow. That is, wow. (laughs) That's, that's incredible. I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, Bad Bunny because Mm -hmm. of the Latin thing. Yeah. Uh, And I think Latin is a huge, language culture i feel like you know how hip-hop so hip-hop has dominated over the last number of decades mm-hmm. um and now hip-hop is on the decline and i think international latin is on the uh ascent yeah it's funny because i find latin music is the only like other language of music that a wide array of people listen to like i wouldn't say anyone's like can i have a french playlist put on or anything like well the vibes is cool yeah the 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 other thing that is interesting is k-pop and like jungkook um from bts uh is massive Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting to see like my kids love k-pop it's wild yeah, I... Like, you guys cannot understand... I mean, listen, with rap, they don't understand the music either. Yeah, yeah, like, K-pop and, like, anime and, like, all of that. They're huge, just yeah. such a huge, like, culture that people, like, love. Yeah. Um, I've never gotten into it, but I know, like, I would say at least half the people I went to high school with were super into, like, anime at the time. I don't think K-pop was as big then, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think... You know, my advice for anybody that is building a brand, building an organization, building a personal brand in this era of fragmented media is I believe that you have to like over deliver to a very small group of people, right? Because at the end of the day, I don't think anybody is going to, it's just so hard. We're just inundated with so much content and ideas and it's hard to keep up. So if you are on LinkedIn, if you're on TikTok, if you're a CFO and you have a little community, like double down and make those like really memorable. Like touch and meet those people. Um, deliver value, extraordinary value to a small number of people. I think that is how you're going to build a sustainable brand and career. It's not to like shoot for the masses. It's to make sure that you are over delivering because the reality is that even in this, like, and I mentioned on this last pod is like, you know, no one's really paying attention to you. It's so hard. Even your friends, like they're not paying attention to you. They're not like, 
following your stuff closely. They're just everyone is just like swiping and like scrolling and and that's just life now. Yeah. Whether it is your friend, your mom, whatever, like we're just scrolling. Like my my mom's stuff will come up on Facebook and I love my mom, but like her stuff, like I will scroll past it. That's yeah. my mom. <laughs> she like went out, she went to dinner. I'm like, okay, like I scroll past it. I'm not looking at it. Yeah. And same thing with her, with me. She's well, I she scrolled past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny to always see like, you know how Facebook does those like memories things? Yeah. And you can see your old posts. It's funny to see that compared to now, wow. what like we were posting about. And I'm totally. like, totally. Just a completely different world. We were writing on people's wall. Were you part of that era where we were writing? Oh, yeah. Or like, like for TBH and things like those. Yeah. Big thing. Like a to be honest. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Got yeah. You're writing like statuses. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is wild. So over deliver to a very small community of people. That's how you're going to do it. And I think if you're an artist, if you're a brand, if you're whatever, just do that mm-hmm. because it's too hard. Yeah. The game is too hard. Just don't, don't, don't wish you're going to be tailored. I like, and I, I also believe that even though we're saying this, the fragmentation of culture, that fragmentation of media entertainment that the, there is no superstars left um that we are going to be disproven to that there is going to be somebody that is going to like cross the chasm and they're going to do something or be somebody that everyone like knows and they have to be radical and globally like they got to do something nuts mm-hmm. right yeah and it's gonna it might happen like, I love it. I, I want it to happen. I just think that the majority of people is just not going to happen. Monoculture is so dead. It's just completely dead. Yeah. Even, yeah. So I just, we can't name a superstar. Yeah, like, no. well, let's go to TikTok. I mean, I don't want to overplay this thing, but like, I'm going to give you five TikTokers. Who do you think out of any of these TikTokers will have a sustainable career? Cabby Lame. I think he's the most followed guy he's the black guy that does like the you know the black guy that does like he does like uh simple things see that's what i mean bella porch um i think the other demilio's addison ray justin richards that's like top that's like the six i'm honestly don't know if any of them looks the only ones that I know are like the D'Amelio's, Addison Ray, and Bella Porch, and I don't even I haven't seen anything from any of them in a long time. I know they're still putting stuff well, out, it, but but you haven't seen them on your feed. They're no. not on your for you page. Not at all. I don't think they ever really were, but definitely not you now. You see Alex Earl? Not as much anymore. No, I find I haven't really been seeing influencers as much on my TikTok anymore. I mostly just see like one-off videos or like so you know what's funny is like you told me that you were like watching alex earl maybe like maybe you told me this last year mm-hmm. did you follow her podcast um i don't follow it i've seen a few episodes but i don't follow oh, it yeah oh, okay 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 i find with podcasts i like dip dip in it yeah on. depending okay so i'm gonna give you another so out of like okay you said artist tate mccray mm-hmm what about like digital influencer? Who are you picking as the next 10 years, like the biggest influencer other, I mean, Mr. Beast right now has a lead, but who do you think is gonna, Cody Ko? Mm, I think Cody Ko is gonna slow down now. You know what I also think about? Like, 
I wonder if people are watching this and be like, how does Sean Kanungo like know all this bullshit? <laughs> like, I thought he's like the innovation guy and like knows about technology. I'm like, to me, disruption is about culture. Yeah. It's about technology and it's about culture. And if you, if you are, if you want to understand disruption, you have to understand culture because that's, that's actually 90% of what gets disrupted is mm -hmm. culture. ChatGPT is great. It's a great technical innovation and a great technological innovation. But unless any, everyone around the world is using it, it's just a niche thing that no one is, about, is talking about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So ChatGPT disrupted culture. So anyways, that's, that's, if you're wondering why I know like Bella Porch and Josh Richardson, Josh Richards and... Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, I feel like for like content creators and stuff now it's becoming harder to evolve that into like a full career in like that specific way um i think a lot more of them are making their own like talent companies or something right after the fact because like realistically you're not going to want to put your life on youtube for your whole life yeah. you're going to want to slow down at some point um so i think it's just shifting into another lane in that realm okay so i'm going to give you another um hypothetical let's say you're the ceo of a company and it's a music company maybe it's a music you guys have artists you have concerts events it's it's a it's an entire music related company you're the ceo who are you hiring mm -hmm. for your key roles as ceo I'll go first, okay? This is my, this is my like draft pick of my, who I'm hiring as like a five, like all, all the key positions within the organization, okay? Mm -hmm. Number one, I'm the CEO. Number two, okay, so the first hire that I would make is a chief revenue officer. And that person would be Taylor Swift because she knows how to make money. Mm -hmm. Obviously with the heiress tour, incredible, um, how she bullied her way into making that happen. She bullied her way in terms of uh, re-recording her masters. She bullied her way of creating this incredible movie that bypassed the traditional distribution methods. Chief revenue officer, absolutely, okay? Chief Marketing Officer, Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X, to me, is the best marketing. He's a marketing genius, okay? He just, the way that he markets his songs, his videos, himself. Uh, if you see what he did in 2019 with Lil Old Town Road, basically, this guy was on TikTok. He understands meme culture better than anybody. Mm -hmm. And he's been able to turn this career that you thought living, he was literally on his sister's couch turned and, 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 and turned into a juggernaut, still relevant to this day. Lil Nas X, absolutely chief marketer. Like, he has a job. Okay, chief financial officer, I'm gonna give it to Russ. If you don't know who Russ is, he's like an independent artist. I know Russ, and yeah. I think he's very savvy with his money. He doesn't overspend. He, uh, I think just being an independent artist, you just learn a little bit more about finances. So Ross is my chief financial officer. Chief um, human resources officer, CHRO, or our HR leader, DJ Khaled. <laughs> DJ Khaled, I'll tell you why. 
very positive, <laughs> very positive, very good with people, gives flowers where flowers are due, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I want that energy. I want that energy from my HR leader coming in. He's got great energy. He understands how to deal with people. He, everyone works with him. Mm-hmm. Like, from Jay-Z to Drake to, like, everyone loves DJ Khaled. No one except the Palestinians. Other than that, because he's been, he hasn't been vocal about what's going on in Gaza. Uh. Anyways, other than that, DJ Khaled, my uh, CHRO. And then the last the last piece is the chief operations officer, the COO, basically running the operation. I think I'm going to give it to Drake. Now, the reason why I give it to Drake is because Drake, I think he's run a really tight ship. Mm-hmm. I think he has all the same people around him. He understands how to run an organization. He's been relevant for longer than almost anybody at the top of his game. And no one's left him. Still has the same guy doing beats. Still has the same manager. Um, really has no beef internally within his uh, within his ops, um, other than I think with OVO and the weekend. I think that's the only blemish, to be honest with you, and that wasn't really a blemish. So, COO is Drake. So that's my team: Taylor Swift, Chief Revenue Officer; Lil Nas X, Chief Marketing Officer; Ross, Chief Financial Officer; uh, Chief um, uh, HRO is uh dj khaled chief ops is uh drake yeah i feel like that's a pretty solid list yeah anybody you'd add or take out um i think i would add do you know who noah khan is noah khan he so he's like a folk artist but he blew up on tiktok in 2020 made a song with his followers and released it and then what what position is he gonna get um, probably marketing. Underneath Lil Nas X. He'll be the marketing director. Okay, <laughs> um, we're going to add him to the marketing director role. Yeah, because he, he like wrote the song with all his TikTok followers, put it out, put out a whole album with it. It did really well. And then re-released the full album with big artist features on every single song. Wow. So he basically has two of the exact same albums, but with features on the second album. And he's just like taking off from there okay so i think i would put him on the list Higher. somewhere over over lil nas x chief marketing officer um the creativity the meme culture the internet culture yeah maybe not x? over him but definitely like somewhere in there you got to see the lil nas x video that he just dropped it's called uh jay christ this guy's just he's he's on another level okay any any other key roles I'm, i think I, I don't know if i'm missing any roles here cfo CMO, COO, CEO. Yeah, I think that. I think we got it. Might be it. Chief Revenue Officer, no debate. Taylor Swift. Yeah, definitely Taylor Swift. She. CHRO, DJ Khaled. Yeah, that's the one I'm not too sure about, but I don't know who I would put in there. Yeah. Maybe, like, I, I guess DJ Khaled makes sense. I just think he. Who's might... more lovable than DJ Khaled? Like, I, just name somebody. There's not a star more lovable. You got you can watch the guy. He's like, you gotta love him. Yeah. You gotta love him. He's he's just like, yeah. You know, we, he could be annoying, but that's what HR is. Yeah, I remember his Snapchat <laughs> days, like getting stuck on the jet yeah. ski. Like, yeah, and guess what? He's actually a great role model because he's like, he's HR. He's taking off a shirt. He's doing <laughs> he's doing crazy things, and like that's what you want an HR officer to. Be. Oh, it, this is kind of a loose atmosphere. It's good energy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um. 
I thought that was like a really fun game to play. Uh, so lastly, I just wanted to talk touch on some like hot topics. Uh, st- have you been following what's been going on with Stanley Cups? Not like the 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 the, the sport Stanley. Cup, yeah, like the but like the, the drinks yeah. Stanley Cups. So it's had a, like a boom. Yeah. So I know they got really popular last year, um, and then there was this. I don't know if you saw this car. It was burned down. Like this car like burn oh yeah and but the stanley it, like, survived the, yeah the stanley survived and then stanley came and gave i think they gave her a car oh really i didn't know that um i saw like they recently put out a valentine's day collab with like target or something oh, okay and the cups like i feel like if you have a cup you only need one cup right like you don't need a whole collection of them especially if they're right. like, 50 dollars a piece um but people love to collect them and so they brought out this collab and they already have a pink and a red Stanley cup, I'm pretty sure. But these ones had a tag, like a, like, you know, like a store tag. Yeah. And the store tag had a heart on it and people were lined up around the target for like two hours just to get no their hands on this cup that had a heart tag that it's going to come off in the dishwasher the first time you wash it. Wow. So just like. So what's going on? Like it's nuts. I think it's just like it's hype yeah it's hype. hype and it's like a it's a status thing people are like oh i i need to have a stanley i can't be caught are you my... noticing people have stanleys like that's not something that i notice. i don't think they're at you like, bring a cup here often yeah bring... i have it with me it's you a hydro flask cup. though you have a stanley cup no it's hydro flask it's oh, different okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay um okay. hydro flask was really big in like 2019 i would say and before then and then i think yeti is like the 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 market winner in this yeah i've heard of yeti i think yeti i've never seen someone using a yeti that's not like you know over what's fascinating to me about this is that a certain age yeah what, what what's fascinating about to me about this is that like we just we just love attaching <laughs> status to the weirdest thing yeah. in the world like yeah. Stanley Cups. Come on. Are we are, are we kidding here? Yeah, in like 2004. Water it was Cups. Like true Religion jeans like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that has been doing really well is Crocs. Now, yeah. Crocs used to be like ugly. And, yeah. And nobody wanted them and now made know, a crazy comeback. Like they made like these cowboy boot Crocs recently and I think Stampede is going to be full of them, but um I think they're doing well cuz they're doing collabs with like big not necessarily companies because they do a few a year with like disney and things but don't and 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 maybe maybe well you're you're the producer so unfortunately (laughs) i can't ask you but my my belief is that the guy from crocs like one of their chief one of their little nas x guys chief chief marketing officer one of the marketing guys actually went over to stanley i can't i i want to i don't want to yeah i heard that to be true but I don't know if it's necessarily Crocs, but I know he came over from somewhere that was a successful, like just blew up. Anyways. Yeah. I'm not sure what company it was, but I know it was something that was like really popular last year. And then he just, he has like a golden touch. It kind of seems like. Totally. Totally. With it. Yeah. No, it's, it's really fascinating how we just, as human beings, we just apply, you know, we just, we're, we're, we're searching for status. We will, we'll, we'll, you know, be around the block at Target for I don't know what. Like, yeah. It's just 
We're just so silly. Yeah, I still don't really get the Crocs thing. Like, I, I still think they're ugly. What are the things that? What are other things that people are like? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just my like observation of the world, but I feel like aloe is like hot. Yeah. I feel like aloe. It's good quality, minimalist, Cali vibes. Like, I just feel like aloe is it. Like, Deepa has got so much aloe now, mostly because I'm like. Before it came to Edmonton, I was like, yo, this is a hot brand out of like Cali. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, I got her some for her birthday, I think, last year. Yeah. And now it came to Edmonton. Yeah. And now it's like. It's crazy how. So my spin classes that used to be all Lululemon, now oh. all aloe. Wow. Instructors and like the people taking the This class. is the it's insight that we aloe. need on the pod. Yeah. Inside information. <laughs> like I'm still wearing Lulu. Like I, I obviously have some stuff from Aloe, but like I swear they replaced their entire wardrobe, took everything and threw it out and got all Aloe. Like my best friend, she has almost every single thing from the Aloe store already in every color. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? what? And she, she's like, yeah, I don't like Lulu anymore. But Why? I, just is it because of the DNI stuff? I think or? it's the no. It's just the brand it's just name. The, it's yeah. like what's hot I think, now. I think Kylie. I think Kylie. I, like I follow Kylie on IG, mm-hmm. and I feel like she's done. She's an aloe person. Yeah, I know got, aloe she gave her a bag. Yeah, aloe does a really good job with Collab. influencers as well because they like always invite people. They have like this huge gym facility somewhere in the states, mm. um, and it's like just so aloe branded everywhere you you can't post a video there and not know that you're working out in aloe so i feel like the dangerous idea out of here is bringing up crocs stanley aloe obviously hot brands right now is it it appears that all of them are doing like interesting collabs Mm -hmm. and leveraging influencers or even other brands that you know the x just just doing collabs and yeah. it makes sense right you're garnering another audience by doing a collab and it's smart yeah like i just feel like this is how you build brand you you attach yourself to an influencer or another hot brand and you you just you, yeah you go from there yeah so just do col- more collabs and i've always you know i've always I got to do more collabs. <laughs> I got to do more collabs. It, you have to be like intentional about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like when it comes to collabs, you got to do more. I guess this is kind of a collab. Um, like a pod is like a collab, right? But like more like, I'm trying to think about more like, like pitching um, a brand about a collab. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know how we, we're doing all these brand deals? Yeah. And we're talking inside shop. But like, what if we pitched... You know, what if we pitched an organization like Intuit or something? What if we pitched a collab between myself and like, you know, uh, I don't know, another influencer with them? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like three collabs. Yeah. I think that would work. I've seen Amazon doing things more so in the States with that. They do like, um, there's this. Amazon the drop like clothing line and they always have different influencers on there and then just like yeah I think I think it works but it has to be the right fit otherwise it's kind of pointless right 
you know what? It's interesting. I see uh, like all these, uh, like Louis, for example, Louis Vuitton got Pharrell to be their creative director for their like men's line. I feel that's really interesting because is it just men's or is it just or is it just everything? I'm not too sure. Anyways, I think that's like interesting too, right? Like they got somebody that was obviously culturally relevant, like Pharrell, mm-hmm. and LV is like one of the most you know significant brands in history doing that. So I just feel like that's going to happen more and more where like if I'm a hot brand, if I'm a hot brand, like or if I'm not a brand, let's say I'm not a hot brand, I would just get like, okay, how do I, how do I get like Tate McRae as my new creative director? Yeah. How do I get Lil Nas X as my new creative director? Like, I think it's such a savvy move to get one of these culturally influenced influential people to do that because let's be honest with you is if Pharrell makes um an aesthetic like right now I think his first line was a very like I would say chessboard or checkers kind of aesthetic is the aesthetic cool on its own or is it cool because it's LV and Pharrell do you know what I mean yeah how do we decide if it's cool or not I, I don't think you can ever really truly you decide can't. because there's always going to be that little bit of influence. Exactly. You're nev- nothing is truly like on its own. Uh, yeah. You can't just look at something objectively and be like, I like that. Yeah. It, everything is kind of pushed to you in, in a way. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is that if I'm like a name, a brand like name, a, I'm trying to think about a brand that's like, um, I'm looking around here. Like, if you're, if you're like, if you're like, um, and I guess this is what this is what brands do, right? They get a, they get an influencer. I just think that it's gonna happen more and more. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just trying to think. You said Tate McRae's the next one. <laughs> I'm like, how can I just, how can we get Tate McRae something? Yeah, it's also. It's like what's stopping those people with that influence from just creating their own thing at the same time. Yeah, that, that, that's true too. But th- there has to be something to be said about good product, mm-hmm. right? I think you need an elegant integration between cr- cr- creator and product, Yeah. right? LV works because they have great product. Pharrell works because he's a great influencer. Prime works because Prime is actually a good product. I love Prime. Mm-hmm. And... It, it adds that Logan Paul and KSI are great marketers. Yeah. But I like look at Mr. B. Oh, we had we had Mr. Beast Burger. Yeah. We, we had we 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 had that burger. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. And guess what? Even though Mr. Beast is the biggest person on the planet, the burger sucked. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It folded. They're like suing each other. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So the product has to be good. Yeah. So that's why it's not. Not that seamless. Mm hmm. Yeah, because I guess you also, like, probably don't have as much time to make it, like, the best it could be when you're yeah. already that busy, right? Yeah. But in in that sense, I think, like, um, I think the next billion-dollar business is is Kylie Jenner's next business, which is Kai. Kai. Yeah. Watch. Prediction think, here, January 2024, Kai's become a billion-dollar business. Yeah, I think she made a big turnaround from... The whole fiasco with Kylie Swim that happened. Swim? 
Yeah, what she had. Um, yeah. So she had a Kylie Swim line. I don't. It was a few years ago, probably. Um, and apparently, see through. It was like see. It was some of it was see through. It was just really, really bad quality. Like you really couldn't swim in it. Um, and so she got shut down like right away. And then I saw when she brought out Kai, a lot of the first reviews were like, "I'm scared because Kylie Swim was wow. so bad." But then she completely turned it around, which is really. Like, obviously doing well for her. I feel like Kai is, um, Kai is kind of like an elevated, it's like more of like a upscale Fashion Nova. Yeah, definitely. I think that's her style. Like, I think, like. Okay, okay. I think Fashion Fashion Nova Nova is like Kardashian circa like 2016. To me, Fashion Nova is like Walmart Kardashian. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I would agree. And their branding, they're I find it hilarious. Like Yeah. They're very much into the baddie mm-hmm. thought kind of yeah. you know, era, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I love looking at Fashion Nova. I mean, God bless. I mean, whoever's wearing Fashion Nova, God bless. I think I have Fashion Nova men too. Yeah. But uh, you know, whoever's wearing Fashion Nova, they do a great job. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the product is good or not, but they're doing a great job. I see Fashion Nova ads all the time. They're corny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> they look good. Yeah. But I feel like Kai is like a, a Fashion Nova. You follow Kai? I don't follow them, but I've seen like, okay. I saw I like their whole Kai. first line come out. I don't know what they have out now, but yeah. yeah. I can't believe my, yeah. If, if you're following this and you're like, what the fuck is Sean doing with his life? Why does he know all this shit? Just like culture, culture. Kai is the next January 2024. Kai is the next billion dollar business. It's, it's, it's undeniable. The product looks good. I can see it already. Kylie's an unstoppable creator. She's young. Yeah. She's modern. Girls follow her. She's dating Tim, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, and the product is really good. The marketing's good. You got you got uh, the Kim Empire befi- behind her. Like it's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Kai. Yeah, it's interesting how K H Y in the Kardashians, like which sisters' businesses do better than the other? Yeah, because like Chloe right. has Good American, which I think does really well, but not as well. Right. And then Courtney has Poosh or whatever, right. which I don't really know what that is, but what does Kendall have? I don't. know. Oh, she has her tequila, 818. Okay. Which, That's a miss. Yeah. That's not a good yeah. integration. See, I think what Kylie and Kim have done really well is they've leaned into, now they've leaned into them. Yeah. Like Skims and Kim mm-hmm. makes total sense. Yeah. I could totally see it. Kylie and like lip stuff, makeup, like to me that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Kai... And 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 Kylie, that to me that makes sense. That mm-hmm. that's like a very, it's like a elevated luxury fashion nova. Yeah, I think if Kylie was like more, or Kendall was more of like a like a party girl, yes. then like if she was like Paris Hilton or something, it would have maybe done better as like Hi. the tequila brand. Oh yeah, no, Kendall. Kendall needs like a book club. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Kendall is more of like she the needs to like do like an ed- equestrian like line or something. Yes, yeah, she's gonna be hiring you as chief marketing <laughs> officer. Absolutely, Kendall Jenner equestrian polo wear. Yeah, like, totally disrupting Ralph Lauren. Fuck yeah, that 
you're on it. That's that like, is the great. You're you're coming up with bars today. <laughs> there, that that yeah. is awesome. Yeah, there is like another brand that's like that. What? I don't know what it's exactly called. I think I want to say it's like Spiegelman Stables or something, and it's like sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. kind of cool, but yeah. equestrian vibe. So I feel like if she did that, but yeah. with her name this attached, is the greatest, it's this is the hey. If you're an equestrian <laughs> brand, if you're an equestrian brand. You got to get Kendall Jenner. Yeah. It makes sense. She's like good looking, like non-controversial, like to me the most like status, like the most I would say the less, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. Fuck, what a great idea. <laughs> I'm like thinking about this idea. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Amazing, dangerous ideas, uh, pods, rate, review, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do this pod. Uh, I want to thank Neve for dropping a whole bunch of bombs today. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one.